0: You the adventurer, yes you, do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power, a codex of untold stories and lore, or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes,
1: or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here.
0: Everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of
2: Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel, Taylor Stanfield, and I'm Travis Peasley. I and won. also, I won the most lawful person
1: at, at this table. At this table, yeah. You realize it's not exactly something we to brag about, right? At I least won in the conjecture of our previous conversations. I mean, no, I won.
2: It's not, but I won something. So no, I won. <laughs> I won. I won. Actually, are you going to start demanding a recount too? <laughs> Oh my lord!
1: Okay, the segwaying past that. Um, no, so no, I, I no. I'm saying I won because
0: I had the least, which it was the goal. Which is the which is my goal is to be as chaotic as possible. Ah, right, and right. And so I course.
1: won. You won by not being implicated. No, actually, so I was. Uh, I had to go have some lab work done at the doctor's office uh, the other day. <laughs> And I opened up before I left Twitter to kind of scroll through, and I saw that Travis was in the lead by a large margin. And because um, we posted that that um, poll poll like. uh, about which of us is the most lawful, <laughs> um, which of the three of us, and That's me. Travis is winning by a large margin. So I call him on my way home, and I, I'm like, and Travis is already ge- getting pretty sleepy because he already. He's already getting ready to go to bed. And I I'm like, Hey, guess what? That according to that Twitter poll, you're the most lawful. And he's like, Yay, I'm winning. And like, no, it's not winning. <laughs> it's you're losing. The, you're the loser. <laughs> you're the hall monitor.
2: So I, I still won. count
0: it
1: as winning. I mean actually I, I think I I still think I won. Um, I am apparently pretty neutral. Uh, Of the 15 votes, Travis brought in 60%, I brought in 33%, and Lewin, with what has to be only one vote for Lewin, which I want to talk to whoever voted for Lewin, um, 7%.
2: Yes, I won! Um, I will say, of all of the replies we got, Angus, I think yours is one of the best, just because you did nothing but laugh. (laughs) Which
1: was good. Very good. It's a
2: very proper response to, to, this. to that yeah
1: um anthony uh at tito to to tito Totita said that he would normally vote for travis but in light of the ukulele episode he feels like he's a neutral evil puppeteer which is accurate yeah
2: yeah
0: and <laughs> piggybacking off of that uh traveler farlander said i don't feel like most lawful host here is really saying very much
2: which i think is also true that is a fair point <laughs>
0: like uh, travis might be the most lawful but the bar is really low yeah exactly because like yeah yeah look it up
1: <laughs> uh rebecca reindle said and this is probably the most apt She she felt so seen. Uh, I vote Taylor because she said she was going to cover demons and devils and has lawfully stuck to that topic ever since. You have no idea how accurate that is because the reason I was thinking about it after you posted that, the reason I have stuck to that topic ever since is because I was like, no, it's going to be too chaotic to find everything if I spread it out. And I was like, oh, the opposite of chaos is law. No, no.
0: (laughs) Taylor felt so seen and validated by that comment. Actually, no, I felt really called
2: out. Rebecca, you nailed that one on the head. True. Straight up nailed it.
0: But yeah, we, I, so thank you. Thank you for the participation. Thank you for your
2: votes. Thank you for your lack of votes for me. The participation and the ridiculousness that
0: I've, I've won. Hello. Thank you. We're all very
1: proud of
2: you. You are the most chaotic.
0: <laughs> you are the most chaotic Dungeonpedia host. Or rather, maybe not even. Maybe I'm just the least lawful.
1: I mean, I think what Traveler Farlander was saying about most lawful here is kind of not really saying much. Yeah. We well, are all pretty chaotic.
0: I feel like the bar for chaos, though, for us would actually be pretty high. Should we make another poll for most chaotic dungeon? No, I'm kidding.
1: No, I mean, it feels like that. that's... It it it's pretty much laid out there plain as day right now. Yeah. Travis I mean, is the most lawful, Lewin's the most chaotic, and I'm pretty neutral. I mean, I guess.
0: I don't necessarily feel like those are exactly
2: the same things, but I mean that poll shows the extreme opposites of both. Fair. So I, I, I think that poll pretty much covers it. You're I still. The we most we chaotic. could we
1: we I mean, we could put out a of a, a poll for each of us to Guess what? Or to for people to say what they think our each alignment is.
0: Oh, we could. Oh, there's so many possibilities. No,
2: no, but, we just started a rabbit hole.
0: Uh, a rabbit hole about poles. So,
1: <laughs> on the topic of alignment.
0: On the topic of alignment, yes. Um, we are continuing our discussion about the most lawful Draco Paladin, Platinum Hall Monitor himself, Bahamut. Because I. Have so much hubris. I, in in line with my apparently chaotic nature, uh, I have so much hubris in thinking that I could have fit all this into, I know I mentioned this in the last Bahamut episode, but I have so much hubris in thinking that I could have fit this all into one episode because I literally have ten and a half pages of notes.
1: And how long was that bibliography? <laughs> oh, yeah. Lewin also put together a bibliography, which you can it, see if you subscribe to our, our Patreon. Patreon.
0: <laughs> uh, it's like almost a full page.
2: Jesus. Yep. Gonna listen.
0: <sighs> listen. Yeah. It, listen. I'm listening. <laughs> I have nothing to say for myself, so. Okay. So we left off um, finishing talking about Bahamut uh, through 3rd edition and 3.5. Um, and we finished off with a note about his his consorts that he apparently has. Um, Bahamut fucks. Bahamut fucks, apparently. He doesn't have kids when he fucks, because...
1: So he really fucks.
0: He just fucks for fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Tiamat, at least, she has the excuse of, like... Procreation. Per- like, she makes spawns and
2: stuff. I mean, you say that like you need an excuse.
1: I mean, no, but it, it feels more chaotic to... Fuck just a fuck than it does to fuck to make babies. Yeah,
2: I guess it depends on what you're making the babies for.
1: You know what? That's my point. She she
0: is she is making the babies to be evil to be evil. You know, spawn spawn to take over the world. So fair point. Yeah, I mean I'm sure she fucks for fun too. And like I said, that might not even be what they meant by that.
1: But
0: I'm going to go with yes. I'm going. I'm going to like by the word consorts, but I'm going to go with yes. So we are going to start off on what is te- like typically a very disappointing note, which is fourth <laughs> edition.
1: <laughs> oh boy, just starting off on a
0: real oh, high man. point here. I mean, it's actually not. It's not as it's not as bad as it uh, usually is. Yeah. Um, so before we start talking about Bahamut specifically, um, himself in fourth edition, I would like to remind everyone that fourth edition origins for Tiamat and Bahamut, uh, tend to favor the idea that either their, like, their actual physical form or divine spark or whatever, uh, came from Io's corpse after he was slain by Erechus in the Dawn War. That's right. the popular convention. That they ascribe to. Yes. Um, So this also plays into the story of their first conflict from Draconomicon Chromatic Dragons, which was published in 2008, um, which is very interesting to be getting information for Bahamut from the Chromatic Dragon book. But, you know, whatever.
1: I mean, every every book has sources on its enemy as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So,
0: upon being slain by Eric Hus, uh, Ios Divine Spark entered his two oldest children, so in this... Bahamut and Tiamat. Had, well, they had already been, um, like, Burst. extant at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First. <laughs> like... First. Like, that, that, yeah. <laughs> Those are both the same... Hey, I in mean... This, in this case. I guess... Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's
0: not let's not think about that too much. But um, so, like, they had already been these existing, right. you know, kind of kind of people, though. So, um, Ios Divine Spark entered Tiamat and Bahamut, and together they defeated Eric Hus, which I think is you know pretty metal. Yeah, that they like defeated this guy that just killed their dad, like...
1: It, it's pretty cool. Like, if we didn't already know how, how like, bad it turns out, I'd be like, oh, re- that's so cool. Sibling, super, a, like, super deities. Yeah, that's like a
0: nice nice sibling moment. <laughs> but their nice sibling moments would come to a close. Uh, it said that this not only split Io's divine power between the two, but also his character, which is, I mean, a popular interpretation, but... Right, like... Um, so Bahamut inherited his goodness and nobility, and Tiamat his avarice and arrogance.
1: Yeah.
0: Because, you know, the nine the ninefold dragon is multifaceted. So. I mean,
2: of course. Of course. Arrogant little bitch.
0: But also good noble bitch.
1: He he has layers. That, that too. <laughs> Dragons are like onions. Oh, oh god. god. They have layers.
2: They all have layers.
1: Anyway.
0: So, uh this next one is a quote from um chromatic dragons. Quote, the two dragon deities looked at each other across the corpse of the defeated king of terror. Neither could suffer the other to exist. End quote.
1: Wow. <laughs> right? Wow, that's your fucking sibling. Like come on. I don't always get along with my siblings. <laughs> I don't want to destroy them in single combat. <laughs> I mean, most of the time. Yeah, that's not true whatsoever. Yeah, Taylor.
2: Hey,
1: if either of you are listening to this, I love you.
2: <laughs> okay, first nerd. That was my message okay, to no. brother. First of all, they are dragons, so yes. like the wanting to destroy the other
1: makes a little bit
2: more makes sense. a little bit more sense. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> I just had to start it off like I had more information, but
1: uh, Oh, okay, Got no, it. no, that's fair. That's fair. Got I understand. It. You
2: you clickbaited us. I did. That's not what clickbait is, but you know, close enough.
1: Um,
0: but like I don't know, and something about the way that like that was written, just like it's pretty
2: pretty good. Yeah. Like the 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 verbiage is the the verbiage was also uh, pretty good. Pretty yeah, pretty great. Like
1: it it, it felt it felt like really poetic and beautiful, but. Also, I'm pretty sure I felt similar things, like, you know, staring at my sibling when he's holding the remote, so... (laughs) Right?
0: It doesn't even have to be that dramatic. Um, So Tiamat and Bahamut battled for days until eventually Tiamat fled, and they turned their attention back to the, you know... The whole war that was happening.
1: Oh yeah, that yeah, kind of that,
0: thing. There was a war.
2: I
1: forgot.
0: There was a there was a war going what?
2: on. What? There's no war. And
0: you know, the defeat of Eric Huss was not like There's the no war in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> I don't think this is Forgotten Realms.
1: Actually. I probably not, but that's the that's the main one that came to mind because that is typically uh, like default D d Yeah,
0: I feel like that is a very um like of all of the all the modules. Um, So, as a deity in the Player's Handbook, which was published in 2008, uh, Bahamut is lawful, good, and revered by most paladins, as well as worshipped by metallic dragons as the first of their kind. Uh, His tenets are as follows. Uphold the highest ideals of honor and justice. Be constantly vigilant against evil and oppose it on all fronts. Protect the weak, liberate the oppressed, and defend
2: just order. Okay. So, pretty... Lawful. Lawful. Yeah, pretty yeah. typical for your lawful aligned gods. Anything really?
1: Yeah, yeah. very um uh, law oriented. <laughs>
0: well, okay, yes, but also uh, but... I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Well,
2: I guess what... like lawful evil might not.
1: Yeah, I don't quite think they fit Fair. into
2: those. I, I, no, I, I, those. Are there
1: really lawful evil paladins? Like I, I know like oath breakers exist, but.
2: But yes, there are, but I think it is mostly. The I mean, that's most—that's
0: most paladins, in my opinion.
2: Oathbreakers are lawful evil.
0: No, I'm saying most paladins are evil, in my opinion. Oh, uh, okay. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm ragging on paladins again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it 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 to me though. It's not just like lawful. It is kind of evocative to me. Like these tenets are sort of evocative to me of the some would say lofty, pretentious.
1: Uh, kind of like okay, yeah. the,
0: the the enlightened justice, if you will, that we talked about like last last episode. Yeah, no, I, right. I know what you're talking well, about. Well last like, last the... Bahamut episode. Yeah. Right, you know? yeah. Like it isn't it isn't just about like like law. It does it it's it's good as well as lawful, I guess. Yeah. Which makes sense because Bahamut is lawful good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is not <laughs> his alignment did not get fucked around with in fourth edition. Wow. He' maintains, like I said, a platinum-clad, lawful good run the entirety of his existence.
1: Because... Of his
0: existence. I'm very
2: proud.
1: Right? 4th edition, like, fucked up the whole uh, alignment system, so that is pretty damn impressive. Like, for,
2: like, for most. i not saying that the alignment system wasn't pretty fucked to begin with, but...
1: I mean, I think in general, ascribing ex- a whole personality to one square is bad
2: yeah but i mean it grew to be consistent yeah up until fourth edition and then whenever they went through and just kind of gutted it yeah and
0: that was that was such a move to just like well i feel like saying it that way makes it sound like i'm putting it into positive context but like to, to especially to uh coalesce what was it like lawful and neutral good together
1: yes or wait was it it was basically like chaotic good was the odd one out, and lawful evil was the odd one out in terms of like good was just yeah lo- lawful and neutral good, and mm. then um
2: hmm i I think let me I know a lot of them fell into unaligned yes a lot. In fourth edition,
0: yeah it was but it was something to that effect, and I do remember there there being like that increased association between. Evil and chaos and, like, goodness and law always yeah. bugs me. But I will say, to... <laughs> the bar is kind of on the floor to not mess with alignments when it's like, yeah. good for you. You kept Draco Paladin's alignment the okay. same. Okay,
1: yeah, I'm sorry. It, it was good is um, kind of uh, the coalescence between law, uh, chaotic good and neutral good. Lawful good is odd one out. Evil is the coalescence between lawful, lawful evil and, and neutral evil. And then chaotic evil is the odd one out, and then there's unaligned.
2: Oh, Which okay. like it, I get that they were probably trying to make it a bit more simple, but with how many like creatures and gods and everything there were already, mm-hmm. changing something that big that big is more damaging. I yeah. Think in ter- at least in anything. terms of
1: mechanics. Yeah. yeah, in
2: terms of mechanics, especially if it's like long time players.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, people that first started in fourth edition playing, they would have no idea, so it makes sense to them. Yeah. Yeah. But anyone that has a mindset of something other than. Yeah. It just is completely fucked.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Bahamut is a popular god in society at large, with many praying to him for protection and kings being crowned in his name. Oh. Uh, his symbol has also been changed to that of a blue shield with a platinum colored dragon head in profile, which, like, makes sense. So, But I don't like it as
2: much remind as Remind the... me again, what was the symbol prior? Yeah.
0: Um, It was Polaris Um, in front of, like, a Milky Way. That's right. Uh, it's like, That's oh, it's, like, right, such a yes. good look. Yeah, I'd like it. the the new one, like, it makes sense. But that doesn't mean you have to like it. it uh, but, and it's, like, He's the Platinum Dragon. So his sigil is a Platinum Dragon. Groundbreaking. <laughs> like, uh, sorry.
2: No. With a with the blue shield. A blue
0: oh, shield. okay. Excuse me. Yeah. And I like that it was it was Polaris because he was also referred to as the King of the North Wind and stuff, so it's like
1: Yeah, no. And it is like, very it's very poetic. I I mean, I
0: I liked it better, but whatever. <laughs> Got to make it simple, I suppose. Um so as described in the Dungeon Master's Guide for 4th Edition which was published in 2008, uh, Bahamut lives in and as of this point seems to be kind of the head honcho of Celestia which is in the Astral Sea as are like right. the other
1: you know all of those fun spots <laughs> all of
0: the all of those kind of like outer planesy type spots. So Draconomicon Metallic Dragons which was published in 2009 uh, expands a lot on various aspects of Bahamut's character, as well as introduces his, uh, like, formally introduces his associates. Associates. Slash, slash exarchs. Slash consorts, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> That's,
1: this is just slash a reminder. Canaries.
0: Bahamut fucks. Bahama fucks slash canaries, whatever. Yes. Um, so, this book bestows Bahamut the title of the Grandfather of Dragons, and leans very heavily on the figure of the old man with the canaries that I mentioned oh, last episode, yeah. which was kind of his, a very, like, favored guise of his that he would transform into to right. Wander the
2: Prime. Right, that was his, like, manifestation. Yeah. Uh, I was about to question the grandfather part until you mentioned that, and I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, well, there's 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 more to oh. that. Oh. So uh, it said in this form... Uh, Bahamut seems to wander the world aimlessly, but is actually somewhat philosophically assessing the quote worthiness of various things.
1: The worthiness? Which I gotta
0: say, does not feel good. I get, well, I, I get what they're going for, which I'll explain in a minute, but that was another one of those moments like, Like enlightened justice, where I read that and I literally rolled my eyes. (laughs) I was alone in my apartment doing research and I rolled my eyes for no one in particular because I was like, really?
2: I I don't know. That sounds to me like he's examining worthiness of like the world followers. Oh, okay.
1: Like Um,
2: people to become associates?
1: (laughs) um, Well, I mean, in the. Or consorts. Or
2: priests uh, or whatever they're wrong. called.
1: In the Dragonborn uh, episode, the um, Dragonborn were chosen. Yeah. One of the origins, Dragonborn were chosen by Bahamut. Yes. So, mm, that okay. Yes. That's Which true. this is not. This
0: is not the case for them anymore in Fourth right. Edition. But that was uh, Dragonborn's hosties in like Third Edition.
1: So it could be left over from that. So
0: um as a god who prefers <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean I'll, I was just I'll- taking a
2: guess to see if I got it, but
0: and I just needed to stop and comment on how I felt like it was pretentious because <laughs> you understand. know, this is the God of the Paladins episode. So um so as a god who prefers to support or inspire others to reject evil and spread goodness, uh he doesn't want to simply command every situation with his immense powers. <laughs> Just um, a
1: friendly reminder, he has immense power. I mean, he does. He
0: at this point. Really at this point, he really has been elevated very, very high, you know, on the level of, of, you know, some yeah. other very popular deities. He's not really, he's not a minor deity anymore. So that glow up, <laughs> that glow up, though. So, um, instead of, you know, taking that very direct approach, um, he likes to examine the worthiness, particularly of those who follow or fight alongside him. So,
2: yes, part of it is. Okay, so, warriors and followers. Yeah. Consorts and what have you.
0: (laughs) Consorts, apparently. (laughs) So, uh, you know, and that's not just, like, searching out new ones. It's also testing.
1: His current ones. Yeah.
0: Uh, Another. (laughs) (laughs) Which he sometimes likes to do. Uh, He sometimes likes to test the mighty of his followers
1: in combat. Oh my god.
2: Beautiful.
0: Though he will never attack a bloodied foe, and whenever he kind of goes on tour... Sure, (laughs) that was the first word that came to mind. To do this, he like has a healer
2: like there, so he's not going to go and kill one of his followers.
1: Probably (laughs) a good good idea.
2: I mean, you guys, since you know you have played D anD D with me for years now, know that I am personally a fan of like one on one combat scenarios. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. and of testing. How strong, like,
1: <laughs> a given, uh, a given scenario is. or yeah.
2: player Hi. Is, So <laughs> Here's Bahamut for your one-on-one comment Oh, my scenario.
0: God. Yes. Okay, okay, but also, for the perspective of that follower, could you imagine how hysterical it would be that, like, y- you know, you you worship this, this god. You devote your entire life to him, and then he just shows up to your temple one day and is like, hey, fight, fight me. me.
2: I mean, on one hand, I would be like, if I you don't fight want me, to. Then fight me. But on the other hand, it's like if you are that devout of a follower, you're probably going to be like, sure, oh, okay. yes,
1: yes, whatever you want, sir.
2: I, I do as you tell man. me.
1: <laughs> I guess, but like your god. <laughs> what like, if I kick? so I kick my god's ass. But For yeah, those like we're the- about
2: to die. We salute you.
1: <laughs>
0: but like, literally, especially also given that like a lot of his followers are dragons, like. Imagine how, like, explosive that fight Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Literally? L- like, yeah, literally. That like, would d- be so <laughs>
2: epic, though.
0: You're, like, how much of a mind fuck would that be? Your god just shows up at your doorstep and is like, hey, I'm here to fight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, no, there's, n- there's nothing I can add to that to make it any better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty choice.
2: It is pretty choice.
1: So, um, in
0: this book, uh, chromatic, wh- not, Wow. The chromatic other kind. not
1: dragons. Chromatic, chromatic not, not dragons. dragons. Not chromatic dragons.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. meta- that, that is the title of the book, actually. Not metal- or not <sighs> chromatic,
1: chromatic dragons. dragons.
0: Published in 2009. No, it's from metallic dragons. It said that seven ancient metallic dragons advised Bahamut and act as a jury for evildoers brought before him. But it, it seems to me, based on like that these existed in different paragraphs, um, and and for a few other reasons, that these, uh, advisors are not his canaries, if you will. (laughs) Um, the golden worms are described as all gold rather than simply metallic. Right. And are described as Bahamas greatest servants and guards. Not in the capacity that these seven metallic dragons are being described in. So I think they represent two different groups of dragons, and Bahamut just likes the number seven.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, that it's a pretty good number. So I can see. I can. I can see how. Yeah, that kind of makes sense given the wording of it.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so unlike Sardior, who transforms a dragon into an archetype, uh, these great worms are individuals who have been brought into Bahamut's inner circle to replace a former member who died.
1: Okay. So they're not.
0: You know, they don't get they don't get promoted and then, you know, turned into essentially this other person
1: that I mean,
0: which I mean, was was kind of cool, but also like kind of kind of weird.
1: Yeah. Kind of kind of
0: unsettling. Kind of reminds
1: me of the uh, the Modrons of the Primarch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or not the Primarch, the Prime. Primus. Primus. Dude, the Modrons
2: were so fucking just. Fucky. Yeah.
0: So um, we have we have now officially landed at the point I've been mentioning them for you know an episode and a half now. Mm-hmm. So we finally reached the point where we're actually going to introduce and talk a little bit about each of Bahamut's exarchs,
2: canaries, sometimes consorts.
1: Ah. After okay. After
2: we take a break. Yeah. Aww. You know we should have known because she said halfway through.
1: Yeah. Like I was, she I w- were like even... you were leading us on too. I I
0: regretted framing it that way because I thought I was making it too obvious, but apparently not. And hey, slow.
2: Same, same. All right, to the break. Ooh.
0: Hey everybody! Thank you for checking out Bahamut Part Two. Ooh, ooh. More platinum, more lawful. Just as much Hall Monitor. Yeah, too too fast, too lawful. I don't know too. Two dragons. Two dragons. No. No such, thing as, no such thing as Two Dragon. No such thing as Two dragons. No such thing. Two Dragons. Anyway. So, so we are still running our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. You if you can, want to cancel it after you heard that lame ass <laughs> ad break intro, I understand. <laughs> it's fine. We're tired and it's hot in here. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it'd be <sighs> that way. They can't all be winners. But you can use offer code DUNGEONPEDIA for 10% off of your entire order at MetallicDiceGames.com. You can check out their dice, dice trays, dice towers, more dice. Dice accessories. Dice accessories. Uh, Even
2: more dice. Even more dice. Yeah.
0: Exclusive sets that are only available at
1: (sighs) MetallicDiceGames.com. Yes, which are very beautiful. We did a giveaway this summer. Uh, giving away two of their, sets exclusive, of their exclusives, and let beautiful. me just say, we all wanted to keep it.
0: <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. We there were there were many. No, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't. We
1: have to. No, just buy some more later. But Christmas is coming up, and you know that your nerds need more dice,
0: more, more dice. dice, and maybe
1: you need more dice. There's nothing wrong
0: with buying a Christmas gift for yourself. Absolutely,
2: this is true. We do, of course, still have our Patreon, which is just, you know, Dungeonpedia. A few tiers there. If you would like to just support us directly through that, that would be fine as well.
1: As mentioned in the episode, Lewin has a bibliography that actually uh, (laughs) correlates to this episode, which you can find on our $5 tier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to pay to read my bibliographies. My teachers in school got to do that for free, so...
1: You, if you were Lewin's teacher in school, you owe her $5. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you owe me more than that. Um, please follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram accounts, especially if you want to take part in the ridiculous poll.
0: Whatever whatever foolishness we or do in the future. Or just laugh at us. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, or just I laugh mean, at I us. assume that you put, participated before you laughed at us, but also. <laughs> but it also would have been easy, fantastic. even funnier yeah. if he
2: didn't, honestly. <laughs> um, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com if you have any topic suggestions or questions or anything, really.
1: And if you do have a topic suggestion and we cover it, you can be immediately notified as soon as it goes live, as long as you subscribe to us wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. Depending on when the app sends out notifications, you will probably know the <laughs> second it goes up, which, you know, we keep, we tend to keep a pretty precise schedule. But yeah, um, if you're on such apps, some of them allow for rating and review. And we'd really appreciate it if you could support the show by Even just leaving, like, a little quick rating, you know, say, hey, if you're into Dungeons & Dragons, you might like this. Say that verbatim. (laughs) I don't want to get accused of
0: baiting. Say that that verbatim so we know you listen to this episode.
1: (laughs) That's our
2: code. Uh, Apparently we have a code now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's Dungeonpedium for 10% (laughs) off. (laughs) (laughs) And most importantly, spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family. Holidays are coming up. You're tired of listening to Christmas music. Everyone is. Give them the gift of Dunjipedia.
2: Yes. Yes. It is the perfect gift.
1: A break from Christmas music. Woo!
2: Um, A big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. Also better than Christmas music. Yes.
1: But Blacksmith's better than a lot of things. True. And with that, let's get back to the podcast.
0: Back to Bahamut.
1: Back to... Canaries. Back Back to the Canaries. Back in platinum. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so yes. yes uh consorts yes assistants um, <laughs> peoples <laughs>
0: what a, whatever powers, whatever we're calling
2: them now whatever, whatever they are whatever we want to call them let's go
0: um so these are the, these are going to be listed in no particular order because it doesn't Get one seem like there is a specific hierarchy among them okay. which there wasn't strictly for um like Sardior's Exarchs but there was definitely a there were you know, some that were slightly less powerful than others. So. I mean, right.
2: it kind of makes sense because I kind of see Bahamut's whole thing as sort of like King Arthur's round table. Oh, Nobody.
1: Yeah. No one outranks each other. it's yeah. a big
2: table. It would that be. That is uh, a big table. Cause cause they're all cold tra- Because they're
0: all cold dragons. <laughs> um, so, and also, wouldn't you know it, there's no like stat block or any kind of special thing for these characters. Of course in fourth not. edition. Which I mean, I guess I kind of prefer the fact that they actually talk about them in dedicated like lore sections as opposed to just giving them a stat block and calling it a day.
2: Fair. Yeah, no, that's guess. fair.
0: But I would have preferred both.
2: Anyway, mm-hmm. I mean, there definitely should have been stat blocks though because there's a chance that you have to use all of these in a fight.
0: Yeah. I, at least I don't think I don't think there were. I don't believe there were. But if I had come across them, they didn't have any information that I felt was relevant to include here. So I guess if you need one of them, just make a really souped up gold dragon that can turn into a bird. Yeah, I mean, fair. um, (laughs) So first we have Borkad the Claw. Beautiful. Who is Bahamut's Hand of Justice, who both chronicles and enforces the law. So even though he, like, his name is Borkad the Claw, but he's actually like a poindexter. Yeah.
2: Like a a pencil pusher. (laughs) But he is the claw because he does all the writing. Oh,
0: Oh, shit. shit. Oh, you're right. I guess I looked at claw (laughs) and immediately thought like, you know, like a very combat-oriented character. Yeah. I mean, he enforces the law, too. So he can throw down. He can can
1: throw down. So it's both. Um,
0: We have Kuria the Eye, uh, who is an aloof, suspicious dragon who carries (laughs) out her tasks in secrecy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. An spelled... aloof,
2: suspicious dragon. Yeah.
0: Hey, I mean, you know, you're if you're gonna have a spy master, uh, why not make it a dragon who's aloof and suspicious?
2: I now... feel like the aloof part might be good. The suspicious part, I don't know about. I mean, if they're supposed to be like secret and everything. Suspicion. I think suspicious
1: means like they're suspicious of everyone around them. Yeah, oh, as opposed okay, to okay, um, they act
2: suspicious. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. Got it. Is that? I mean, that was my take.
0: Well, no, I'm saying like the specifically the like dictionary definition of the word suspicious. I don't know. Um,
1: it. it I feel can like be
0: it, used either way. It can't. Okay, I thought so.
2: Yeah, like you're acting very suspicious, or I'm, I'm just suspicious. a suspicious person. Yeah,
0: of that, whatever. So next we have songrad the Wing, who is a swift dragon with powerful wings, who serves as Bahamut's messenger, and is the most commonly seen of Bahamut's inner circle, because she's always kind of going places and doing things. and um, Zipping in and out. Yeah, it was also noted that she has a tendency to... Like, you know, after a mission, she'll just kind of go out and like explore, which I think is cute.
1: That's pretty cute.
0: So she's the one that most people would see if they saw a single one of them.
2: I, I like it. I also like the name Songred. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, next, we
2: have Gru, Grumar,
0: the voice, who is Bahamut's master negotiator Ooh. and is sent in to settle disputes nonviolently. So he probably gets set out a lot because Bahamut doesn't really like
2: <laughs> doesn't really like violence. Prefers to stay away from the violence. Yeah. And I guess if uh, Gramar can't do it, then nobody can. Yeah.
1: Oh well,
0: if he can't if he can't do it non violently, then Bahamut then has violently. people. Muhammad has people for violently. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, he does. So ne- <laughs> next up, we have uh, Marashok the Tail. Uh, who is massive and merciless in combat, but has a genial personality and serves as the closest thing Bahamut has to a bodyguard. Hmm. So he's just Bahamut's big, nice bodyguard. I kind of <laughs> love it, though. I do, too. And also, like, Bahamut doesn't need one. Though. Bahamut does not need one.
2: Like, Bahamut literally doesn't need one, though. I just picture him like a. Balance sorted by it, just being like, no, please, just walk around oh, that no, way if you yeah, would, please, please don't, don't. Oh God, okay, <laughs> not this again. <laughs>
0: like, I really yeah. don't want to
2: have to hurt you, but have a nice day.
0: I think that, that that's so like it, the idea is so funny <laughs> though to me to have a gentle giant bodyguard. Well, to specifically for like Bahamut to have a bodyguard, yeah, because it's like, but like for humans, like. We're all on a relatively similar, like,
1: physical level. Like, yes, obviously some of us are like a lot more advanced in that. Did yeah. You yeah. <laughs> we we all know somebody who's like buff as hell and could like beat us beat the hell out of us. And we all know someone who's like weak as hell and could get beaten up by a fly. Lou <laughs> and I are both pointing out ourselves.
0: So like but but humans are on such a similar physical level. I think the spectrum is not as wide as it is for dragons. Dungeons and dragons creatures. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense for us that we would have... Bodyguards? for important people, because it's like, you know, the chance that someone of a similar physical capability could you know, co up and beat the crap out of that celebrity or whatever is not, is very hot. But like, it's Bahamut. It's <laughs> <no> Bahamut.
2: <laughs> no let one's going to kill Bahamut. Let me remind you of this well. little tidbit though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gods have died.
0: I mean, this yeah, is true. You're not wrong.
2: People have killed gods before.
0: I mean, yeah, people kill gods in Dungeons and Dragons all the time, but I just feel like if someone was going to be able to outmatch Bahamut, he would just let them. Well, and I feel like if if someone was going to be able to outmatch Bahamut, his bodyguard wouldn't be able to stop them. Uh, Ah, but see, then
2: it would be better odds for the two against one. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right.
0: Maybe they're just numbers. Maybe they're just friends. Maybe they're just friends, and Bahamut keeps him around for that because he can't really do anything else. They're just
2: best friends. He's like, yeah, come on, let's go. Best best (laughs) consorts. That's his favorite.
1: (laughs) 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 I don't know if you're allowed to have favorites. Actually, you know, he's Bahamut. He can do what he wants,
0: (laughs) right? No, Baham- Bahamut actually doesn't have doesn't have favorites. He's too like high minded, you know. I love all my consorts equally. And I love all my children equally. Um, kind of like how Io did, except he
2: clearly didn't love Tiamat as much
0: as
1: you know. Don't care ones. for Tiamat. Later that day.
2: <laughs> okay. You know what? I changed my mind.
0: So um Next, we have uh Tronaxia, the presence, who is a magnificent dragon who <laughs> the bo- Presence. who Bahamut sends to intimidate stubborn foes into submission with
2: her Majesty what the she's hell? not even a negotiator <gasps> she's just like she's a- just there to just be pretty and yeah subdue them you know basically. i would
0: I would imagine that he that like are not um not that uh Grumar and Tana- and Tronaxia get sent on. Uh, like details together a lot, <laughs> so Gramar's like actually negotiating with the people, and Trinaxi is just kind of standing behind him, looking tough, just like
1: <laughs> whatever. If you don't agree with him, you're gonna have to deal with me.
0: <laughs> she just has like a she j- her presence just forces like <laughs> rolls against intimidation, just whatever. And like the people are just like sweating bullets, <laughs> and just- right? I mean, I would be too. It's just a big old gold dragon. That's fair. That's fair. I love it. Um, and finally, we have Urgala the Fang, who, uh, when Bahamut musters an army, she serves as the commander with her mastery of tactics. Uh-huh. So that's there's your when things have to be handled violently. Yeah, person she is the
2: master tactician. Yes. Well, I guess her and uh, uh, Marashak. I mean, he's like Bahamut's personal bodyguard. Oh, well, yeah, though. that's true. I If you have a bodyguard, there's really no sense in sending them away.
1: Because of a
2: big battle. Yeah, that yeah. kind of defeats the purpose of having the bodyguard, so never mind.
1: Yeah. So
0: Bahamut has fewer Exarchs, which I've been referring to um, the uh, Canaries as his ex- as Exarchs, because they're sometimes called that in other editions, but... Which I should have said this earlier, but that's actually technically not correct in this iteration because in this iteration, exarts, exarchs are divine intermediaries, which they, these are not. They're more like his actual, you know. Yeah. Um, so Bahamut has fewer, uh, but I just think the word exarchs is cool. So, um, so in fourth edition, Bahamut has fewer exarchs than most deities and the most prominent is Kayutha. Uh, I don't know if you guys, because this was supposed to all be in uh, the same episode, and it didn't end up being in the same episode because of my hubris, but Kiyutha is the name of the bull from um, Islamic mythology.
2: Oh. The one that
0: is standing on Bahamut.
1: Right. (laughs) I, I
0: think that was how that went. So Kiyutha is one of the names, the most commonly used name of that bull, so they and I believe uh, before this he did not appear in any other edition so somebody did at least a modicum of research and was like hey you know what would be cool is if we is if we put we, this reference to mythology in there and they were right yeah so someone did the research um, so Kiyuta is the last and greatest paladin of the dragonborn nation of Arcosia
1: ah it's all coming
0: together <laughs> so in recognition of his commitment to uh, protecting his fellow Arcosians after the fall of their empire, Bahamut granted Kyutha a piece of his divine spark. And now no. he serves as an, intermer- an intermediary between uh, Bahamut and all dragonborn kind. <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah. damn. Talk about a promotion.
2: Yeah, so he's a, he's an important dude. You got a piece of the divine spark. Right. Impressive.
0: So, um, the note earlier that I mentioned about Bahamut being the grandfather and not father of metallic dragons ties to the concept of discorporation, which I don't think is something we've really talked about much, and it actually um, relates to what we were just talking about, about gods dying. Uh, Discorporation is a concept in 4th edition where when a deity becomes bloodied... Which means their HP's halved, right? Um, Their mind leaves their physical body, and they are unable to take a physical form for a time. So, if I'm understanding it correctly, uh, discorporation protects them from being killed in a similar avatar state. I'm sorry, (laughs) I couldn't help it. we had to get we had to get it in here somewhere. The reference, at least
2: one avatar. Legally,
0: we are required to. It's true. So, if I'm understanding it correctly it protects them from dying in a similar way to, like, a vampire turning into a gaseous form and going back to their coffin. Right. Or a lich retreating into their phylactery. So, you know, it's kind of maybe inconvenient in that moment, because then you can't... Do anything? And you can't settle that combat situation you were in. But at least you don't die. (laughs) You know? Um, So, discorporation leaves the deity's power weakened, for a time that can take anywhere from weeks to years, because I mean, ideally, as a deity, you're not supposed to get bloody,
2: right? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean,
0: you're you're maybe <laughs> you're maybe not supposed to be getting in fights, <laughs> you know. Whatever. Maybe. Um, you have people for that. Um, so in order to kill a deity, specific measures must be taken to either prevent them from discorporating or to find measures to be able to kill them after they have done so. So, I believe I mean that's a concept that I have really only seen the name Discorporation used for in 4th edition, so I'm assuming it doesn't really translate into any other edition. Well, yeah, like it doesn't yeah. have much of a place in other editions, but the idea is that it's harder to kill gods than normal people. So, fair. Because of Discorporation. So, This ties back to Bahamut's reputation as the Grandfather of Dragons because it is rumored that Bahamut had a son who rebelled against his father for an unknown reason. Oh. Um, The idea is that the son could challenge his father in battle and actually kill him, uh, claiming his birthright and replacing his father as a god. Um, Despite the best effort of those who would see (laughs) Bahamut brought down, Including but not limited to Tiamat, Uh no one has been able to discern the name or location of this child, if he even exists. Yeah, yeah. and and like, and that's that's it. There's no hmm. nothing else about this potential I, son. I mean, I guess so, Bahamut fucks. I guess more and uh, makes babies. I, I guess. Hmm. So.
2: I mean, I that could have just been a little tidbit thrown in for like DMs to take a path that way. If they yeah, wanted to. I was just thinking yeah. the same
1: thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Like that's kind of like the big bad at the end of it all. If they have like a like a paladin centric, yeah. Thing.
0: Oh, or it's like um, like um like a a uh, a uh, um, like an antichrist situation oh. where it's like this kid's supposed to go and do this really evil thing, but then like they're a nice kid,
1: you yeah. know? Yeah.
2: Hmm. Interesting that they decide to throw that in there though. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like it's like, hey, <laughs> no context. <laughs> Bahama has a kid, baby? Question mark? Possibly. Who knows? Do with yeah. that what you will. Oh man, could you imagine if he had like a baby with one of his um his like exarchs or something? That's well by his exarchs baby. I mean the the seven. Right. That would be a powerful fucking mm. baby. <laughs> oh. Oh, anyway. Um, this is the white gold dragon. Oh, God. Because this is a platinum and a gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next, uh, we are going back to, oh, actually, one more thing in fourth edition. Um, I did not include anything from this because it was not especially pertinent to the kind of overarching picture of Bahamut. Right. But, um, some good, I would say, bonus reading, If you want that extra credit, (laughs) if you're if you maybe want to beef up your uh... beef up your your GPA, um, in Dragon Magazine issue number three hundred and seventy eight, in the articles Channel Divinity, Bahamut, and Deities and Demigods, Bahamut, both written by Robert J Schwab, who I have mentioned before, right? Um, they both take a pretty good look, not so much as at Bahamut himself, but kind of at the um consequences of like his worship in the world basically. One of them was an article about this uh fanatical sect of Bahamut that basically they they were given as an example of like you could include this if you want to have maybe like this really, you know, lawful good deity and all this, but then he has some worshippers who take it too far. That's kind of thing. Which was is very interesting. Very good read. Just not I, I had ten and a half pages of notes.
1: So. No, yeah, you that's know. Yeah. fair.
0: So I would check those articles out if you maybe want a little bit of um kind of kind of really world buildy stuff to do. Yeah, with.
1: especially if you're like a DM and like the idea of including Bahamut has started to appeal to you. Yeah. <laughs> <Stares> <laughs> we, both, at Travis. we both looked at
2: Travis. Wait, sorry, what?
1: <laughs> I said, especially if you're a DM and the idea of including Bahamut in the in your campaign has started to appeal to you.
2: Oh yeah. That would actually be a very useful um tool. Yeah. Tool. I was trying to think. Article. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, um, there, there are um very useful t- articles to read for that specific
0: reason. Yeah. And there there are some there are some DMs who, you know, would, would feel the same way about including Bahamut. Um so in 5th edition, <laughs> we're in 5th edition. Yay. Yay. we it home. We're, we're back home. So, Bahamut appears in core 5th edition as part of the core pantheon, despite having his roots as a racial god. So, he's Woo. like, he's really made it, you know. I'm so proud of him. He
2: got I promoted.
0: Really, I really am. Like, first he was like, maybe he's a god. And then it was like, okay, he's a lesser deity. And then he's a greater deity. And, and now he's just like one of the core, core. yeah
1: I'm core so dating. proud of him he, he did such a good job.
0: Yep. <laughs> You're doing amazing sweetie. Anyway. It's just Io. So <laughs> taken from the Dungeon Masters <laughs> Guide, which was published in twenty fourteen. God that was not not that long ago and yet so long ago.
2: Yes. Right that was both. the year
0: that was the year Taylor and I graduated high school. Um <laughs> and it it was weirdly so long ago, but also not. So, uh, Bahamut is a lawful good deity, still, still <laughs> going strong. Um, and he has suggested domains in life and war, and a symbol of a silver, col- well, I mean silver colored, you know, dragon in profile facing the left. Same fucking boring one from fourth edition, whatever. Yeah, but, minus um, the blue shield this time. Yeah. Um, it might have been on a blue shield. I might have just forgotten to write that in.
1: It's okay. But, you know,
0: because it might not show up too well on the, you know, the white. So, gotta have that color, color variance. So, there's quite a bit more to, um, Bahamut. Okay, the reason that I made that really ham-fisted DM comment a minute ago is because we are going to, I believe for the first time... Take a look at the Explorers Guide to Wildmount. oh, which was published uh, in 2020, yes. which I hadn't thought about that being canon D and D stuff yeah, no. until I was looking at this and I was like, oh shit, that is legit. Canon. To
1: anyone listening, not in the know, um, the Explorers—it's called the Explorers Guide to Wild Mount, right? Yes—is yes. Um, a um, addition module. To a module. For 5th edition D&D that was implemented in this year, this past year? Yes. Um, It is written by Matthew Mercer and follows his Critical Role campaign setting. Yeah, I can talk about Critical
2: Role. The first campaign setting that has been added canonically to D&D since... Eberron. Eberron. Yeah.
1: Which we loved Eberron. We still love Eberron. We're so glad we that Anthony uh, turned us on to it. Yes. We love Critical Role. And uh, we love Critical Role, so it's all just really exciting.
2: And we are just starting to get a taste of, like, the Wild Mount campaign <laughs> setting as canon, so. Also,
1: it's so weird
0: to say that was published in 2020. It like, is.
1: Oh. Like, we do a D&D lore and history podcast, and we're talking about this year. Oh, God.
2: Congratulations, Matt.
0: Yeah, honestly. So, um, Bahamut is one of the only gods whose worship is permitted in the prominent Dwendalian Empire. Which, I've only seen, like, (laughs) 20... No, I've seen more than that. I've only seen, like, probably the first 30 to 40 episodes of Campaign 2. But that's kind of, like, one of the, like, prominent nature Major empires. Yeah, like, a lot of shit happens there. Um... So, as in many other iterations, he is especially important to paladins and is revered by most metallic dragons. Uh, Bahamut is an example of justice and nobility, with tenets as follows. Stand as a paragon of honor and justice. Smite evil wherever it is found, yet show compassion to those who have strayed from the path of righteousness. Defend the weak, bring freedom to the persecuted, and protect the ideals of justice and order. Which to me seems like six or seven tendons, but whatever.
1: <laughs> you, know? you merge them together, you, you, you get the number. I guess. Also, the
0: phrasing straight from the path of righteousness just makes me think of that bit from the Emperor's New Groove. Oh my god. Or the devil on Kronk's shoulders, like, he's trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. Oh my god. I'm, I'm gonna to lead, you lead you down, down the, the path, path that, that rocks! rocks. That's like Bahama versus, <laughs> that's like my inner Bahama versus Tiamat.
1: <laughs> oh my oh God, I, God. Oh yeah. my
0: God. Yes. And that's why, on, that's why I got one vote for being our most lawful co-host. So, <laughs> uh, his image is shown in many halls of governments and judiciaries, uh, invoking his will in matters of justice. When not traversing the outer plains, he lives in his opulent castle on Mount Celestia. He also has a holy day known as Tide, celebrated on the fifth day of Duskar, which I don't know what that is. I don't know when that is. I'm sorry, Matt, uh, to honor the lives of those that have fallen in defense of others. So it's kind of a like a like a somber holiday, if you
2: will. It's a little more a little more serious. The,
0: but yeah, that's Bahamut.
1: Actually,
2: that seems kind of like a Veterans Day sort of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was thinking about it um, as we were talking about Critical Role, and I actually have some information to share about Bahamut in Eberron, if you're interested. Oh, yeah, I would love that, because I Um, did not... (laughs) Bahamut is actually in Eberron. He doesn't play a very large role, Mm -hmm. but he is... uh, He
0: doesn't play a critical role, if you will. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. (laughs) I didn't really like that one.
1: He's... Um, well, I liked it. he's one Thank of you. the, uh, gods in the draconic religion, as you might, you all might remember from the Eberron episodes, if you listen to that, Eberron is a setting that is predominantly built around dragons. Yeah. Um,
2: very dragon heavy. But
1: the primary dragons in that one are, um, Eberron, Kyber, and, um, the other one. Oh my God. What's the one that died?
2: The other one that no one remembers.
1: The other one.
0: No one remembers them because they're dead. Sibarus.
1: Sibarus. Yeah, Sibarus. Sy- Sy- um, that he is one of the chief um, dragon gods of that religion, and he is actually a constellation in the night sky. Oh, that's nice. I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, I yeah. like that,
0: and that I feel like that. Oh, that reminds me of of um, wow, his. Mm-hmm. Um, how his old symbol was was Polaris, in the in the night sky, that's
1: like that's nice. Yeah. Oh, it, it is it is really kind of like full circle, I guess, in terms of like yeah. Obviously, the focus is taken off of Bahamut and Tiamat because Tiamat's also in Eberron as a similar like child of chaos sort of thing. Yeah. It it the focus is taken off them, but the um the key facts are still there.
0: Yeah, I think that's um. Well, see, now I feel like, because I, I didn't know he was in. He was in it's
1: a very minor. And I also, thing. I
0: might, I kind of might not have looked there because I think in my mind I was kind of like, no,
1: you know, they, they, got have their
0: their whole, they have their own dragon. They have their whole own dragon situation. Whatever. <laughs> so, anyway, that's Bahamut. Mm-hmm. Woo! The and Platinum that- Hall monitor himself. <laughs> I- and
2: that ends Lewin's suffering about talking about. The lawful, lawful good dragon.
0: You know, it's that it it was tempered by the fact that he's kind of cool. He's kind of cool. And, you know, that that I, you know, got to talk about dragons,
1: dragons, and also that you won for least lawful. Yes. Yes. So you are the least (laughs) like Bahamut out of any of us.
2: So congratulations. Yay. (laughs) I like,
1: I don't know what I won, but.
0: I mean, least the, lawful. The well, like, the knowledge
2: of knowing that you are also considered chaotic by our listeners.
0: Okay. I mean, I would also like a physical prize too, but you know, whatever.
2: Mm, we don't have one of those. But yeah,
0: I feel I, I feel good having having finished talking about the the three major. Well, two of them are major. Um, poor Sardior, uh, dragon uh, gods in. Dungeons and Dragons, the representatives of chromatic and metallic dragons. And also, I guess, uh, gem dragons are there sometimes. (laughs) It's true. Poor Sardior. Yeah, Sardior kind of got shafted on that one. Yeah, maybe now I can do something that's not
2: dragons. Probably. No, why would I do that? (laughs) We have email suggestions. We We do. We
1: have quite a few of them. Yes. And if you would like to suggest anything additional, you can send us an email at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. You can also tell your friends who like dragons. That's always nice. Tell
1: your family who likes dragons. Yeah. Because someone's got to have one. Yeah.
0: And if you, (laughs) I mean, you should. If you don't, I'm sorry. Uh, you can also follow
2: us on our social media platforms, too. especially if you want to take part in any more random polls that we to throw sh- out there. Random, random
1: shenanigans that yes. don't matter, but we still enjoy the outcomes of. Hey, that's that's what matters. This is true. But thank you guys once again for listening, and we'll catch you next week with a non-dragon topic, right here on Dungeonpedia. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, maybe it could be a
1: dragon topic next week episode we all know what it's gonna be the blood war probably i
0: mean it doesn't have to
1: be there's like
0: yeah it does there's like minor gem
1: dragons
2: i i have we to could finish it i have to finish it